When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone. It's on the line. It's Tuesday, September 5th, and I'm Corey Mall here with Olivia Ekbenet. On today's show, we're going to dive into the three big things we saw this weekend at meets across the U.S., top individual performers at those meets, stock up, stock down on a few questions we have, and we're going to finish with our National Meet of the Week, which is the Liberty Bell Invitational in Colorado. Now, September marks the true beginning of cross-country across the U.S., and folks, well, it's about to get Crazy! <laughs> Crazy. About time. I've been waiting for some cross country. Yeah. It's been nice with summer track and outdoor, but like I feel like once we get into that next season, I get really excited for it. So I'm like super pumped for cross country. I, th- I think everybody is. This is a big season yes. for everyone. Everybody gets into cross country. Yeah. Note before we begin, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. So if you like listening to us, can you give us a rating? Can you subscribe? Tell your friends about us on the line podcast. And as always, thank you for your support. We love our listeners and thank you for letting us know about it. Mm -hmm. Let's jump into action today. Three big things we saw from the weekend. We're going to start first with the St. Olaf Showcase. This is the state course in Minnesota. It's preview basically for state going up. And it's a, it's a tough one. Yeah. What did we see there, Olivia? Well, I think the biggest headline going into this race was Sam Scott. I think just took the bowl, just took the front page of the newspaper there from Minneapolis Southwest. He grabbed the title in a 15-16 and also clocked a 190 speed rating, which is super high, especially at this point of the season, and also set a new meet record. Now, when I looked into his performances over the last year, he was third last year at this race, clocked a 15-34. And to also put this in perspective of how great this performance was, Noah Brecker won this title with a 15-26. And we already know how phenomenal Noah Brecker just turned out through the 2022-2023 season. So the fact that we were able to see Sam just put out a really big performance to kind of just you know, punch the ticket out there yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that's a great comp to to, to put on, on Sam, too, because he's probably looking that, at that himself mm-hmm. um, and how Noah ended up at last May of the year at, yeah. at what now is Foot Locker Nationals, what was before Foot Locker Nationals, then it was East Bay, and then it's Champ Sports, and now it's back just to Foot Locker. Just all over the place. Foot Locker Nationals. Anyway, <laughs> all that being said, uh, in Minnesota, this is the place where the season starts. This is the place where the season ends, so it's very, very crucial moment I think for athletes getting started here across country especially for Scott mm-hmm. he also finished second at state last year uh, in his classification so ultimately he's coming back hoping to get that state title in Minnesota and right now you know he is the man yeah in that state you know I think being on a state course is important for a lot of factors you you want to get a run on it you want to visualize how to attack it in future cases um, but also you just kind of want to make a statement too. And I think, as you said, he definitely made a statement with the 15-15. And you can go up from there. Yeah. There are, there's a lot of room for growth for Sam Scott to go up from there. Looking at St. Olaf, 
Um, it's no pushover. It's a hard course. What did you <laughs> What did you see from some of these performances? It was just, it was insane. Just absolutely nuts. And so just great performances across the board. It's hard to do that to like, I think of like football season, right? Like when you go in, you have, think of the FSU, LSU game this yeah. past weekend. Like yeah. you're getting hit with these heavy, heavy hitters at the yeah. beginning and it just sets the tone for the rest of the season. So the fact that that's where they're at yeah. is great. I mean, St. Olaf, and Minnesota in general has been very hard courses, but yeah. St. Olaf, only nine girls broke 19 on the course uh, on Saturday. Only two boys went under 16. Yeah. Um, that just means this is a course you you can't you can't play around with. You really have to know what you're doing on it and, and really attack it the right way. But right. Scott did that, I think, right here. And um, the one thing I will note about him going forward is, you know, I was looking at the boys returners for in Minnesota, and no one really. No stands, stands out in a way. Out. Yes, yeah. Other than him, he's been around for the last two years. He is the name to beat. He's kind of has a little bit of a target, I would say, yeah. on his back. But you, in in some ways, there's good in that because you race with that that idea that I should win. I, I am the favorite. I can run with confidence, um, and you learn how to run as a star um, when you have that that pressure on you. So. Great start from Sam Scott, and I think we're going to see a lot more from him in the future. Let's go to the Timpanogos Invitational in Utah. Also another great meet. And it it might have produced the top storyline, I think, of I think the so, weekend. too. Yes. Yeah, so let's take a closer look. Let's start with the teams before we go into individuals. Harriman versus American Fork. Wow. Like, yeah. Corey, I, it doesn't get any closer than this. We had a tie, but Harriman comes out on top, 49 points, and it all came to, like, the top five runners from Harriman, top 17, they had a 39-second spread. That's yeah. amazing. American Fork, top 15 with a 51-second spread, and I just felt like it was so close. I know we have a graphic, so we're going to put that up on the screen. Like, it does not get any closer than this. Those are all the individuals, your top seven for both the teams, what they ran. Like, what could have American Fork have done? Like, I'm just well, like... Mind blown. This is what's interesting apart about this. Harriman did win, actually. Yeah, he went they down did. to the, the sixth runner. That's what displa displacement's all about in cross country. That's mm -hmm. what, you know, coaches will always talk about. You know, you do have your top five, but really what matters is your sixth and seventh. Yeah. It does come down to that crucial uh, point. What's crazy is that Harriman's sixth runner finished directly behind its fifth runner right. in the championship race. Yeah. American Forks six was a little bit down the list there. But if you go to the junior senior race, Ben Bradshaw won that in sixteen oh four. You know where sixteen oh four would have placed in that championship race? Right where Harriman's sixth would have been. Wow. So these two are Oh man. Their sixth was six sixteen oh five. American Forks junior senior guy was sixteen oh four. It's crazy how closely these two teams are now kind of synced together. Yeah. And just real, insane. And and I, I like the the comparison you had in, in football terms. Uh, you know, I think we'll get into this a little later. But mm -hmm. I, I'm not mad walking away from this meet if I'm American. Oh and no, I, you're not I, mad I, about I that. I lose on displacement. Like I actually, I, I think this is one of your first mates of the season. You had a really good performance against one of the best teams in the country. Um, and it just kind of shows you where you're at. Exactly, exactly. Now, diving a little bit deeper into the boys' race, of course, Daniel Simmons of American Fork took the victory with a 1507-192 speed rating, which I was really impressed with. And this is your Gatorade Player of the Year. And just to think of what he did last year, he went 1541 on this course. So just to see the improvement from 365 days ago is just outstanding there. And 
you know, let's talk about the girls' race, because that was also interesting. You had Lone Peak and American Fork Girls, who I felt like are top contenders, like, just looking at the top, you know, 50 teams in the nation, they're mm -hmm. definitely both in there as well. Yeah, I think that's a tale of two teams, too. Lone Peak is really a team of underclassmen and yes. youth. Uh, they have just one senior on their team. They have four underclassmen. American Fork has four seniors, two underclassmen. Right now, Lone Peak has the advantage. Um, if I'm looking at the, the course of the season, though, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a lock in on Lone Peak and then American Fork because I think when I see experience, I tend to think that it does well over time. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that Lone Peak will sort of stutter along the way, but... But they're I, young. I feel like they they're are. a young yeah. team. And yeah. I think that also shows the depth. Yeah. that they have as well. For sure. I think Lone Peak's definitely going to give American Fork all they can handle. And, you know, young girls runners can do well right away. There's no knock on that. Um, I just think this is going to be a matchup we'll talk about. And right now, I don't think it's necessarily um, – I don't think the ending is told just yet. Right. Exactly. And then we also had freshman Adria Favaro from Olympus who took the winning time with an 1818. And Adam Meckham was third there, 1827, right behind Boston Bybee of Lone Peak. So again, we're talking about Lone Peak and American Fork. They were one second apart from each other. So close matchups yeah. already. Yeah, great time there. All right, let's move to our third and final uh, meet to watch. This is the Marcus T invite yes. out there in North Texas. It was uh, hot this talk. weekend. Yeah. So hot. <laughs> Goodness gracious, but I feel like it didn't stop the competitors from really putting something together for their season openers. And we saw one of the Humphrey sisters, Samantha, really just take control of this race. And of course, we did not see Nicole, but I'm sure we're going to see her later down the road. But right now, this was Samantha Humphrey's time to shine. She won the title in an 1840. Um, and you know, helped Flower Mound score 114 points, which was super fantastic. She won the title by over 12 seconds with a 1709, earned a 143 speed rating. I know Ashley and I spoke last week about Flower Mound and like what they need to do to really just elevate this team even more. And I felt like Alexandra Fox, who finished third in that race, did really well, 1736. And, you know, we saw some underclassmen trying to like make their appearance here. We had Eliana Rivera, Emma Sheverton, and Me Megan Schmidt, who finished out the the rest of this team in top 55 on on the board so we're looking forward to see what flower mound does this was a conversation we had last year and it's still this big question going into the season we have three strong runners with the humphrey sisters and also alexandra fox who's gonna kind of push those other racers to the finish line there but overall great on the girl side do you have any thoughts on yeah. flower mound yeah I, i'm glad you brought that up because um, there's not many threesomes, trios uh, in Texas or in the nation yeah, that can yeah. kind of match up with Sam, Nicole, and Alex. I mean, if they had Nicole in this race, they would have scored about 80 points. Mm -hmm. um, so that's about 30 points to their favor, basically, with Nicole in the lineup. Now, I think the thing with Valar Mound, which they have time to work on, mm -hmm. is basically, as you said, the four, five, six, and seven. Um, where do they stack up? I think. When you look at that, I mean, there's really two races happening in Flower Mound every single competition they get into. It's the, the race of the, the top three. They're trying to get in the top five places in every single meet that they run. Right. Uh, and then it's the four, five, six, seven. You got to race an entirely different race. Those girls ultimately need to race with themselves and really have to start to push up a little bit more. And I think that'll come with time. I yeah. Think with you know, different courses, it, it, it'll come there too. But um, if Flower Mound is to beat the the Carols of the world, if they'll they'll win another state championship, I think that that's where the the 
the the ultimate standing will come is in the four, five, six, and seven. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Then that guys race, we saw a yeah. standout performer, Alexander Acuna from Denton Braswell, only boy to break fifteen minutes yeah. on that course on a very hot day. So I must say that's quite impressive. Just knowing it's been three digits, literally for who knows how. Were long you here. up there? What, what? No, I'm just oh, saying it was okay. hot. Okay. Just in Texas this whole entire weekend, it's yeah. been hot. I mean, Texas gets still as over 100 degrees every yes. day. I mean, we're in Austin. I'm assuming in Dallas. Was yeah. it up in the 100s? I was just I in, assume so. I was just, just in El Paso. It was, there, it was very hot there, too. Um, just all around Texas. Yeah, and the boys, I, w I was looking at Marcus T as a whole and why this meet's important. Last year, the boys' winners, Carol and Capel, you know, Carol ended up winning 6A at State that year. Capel finished third in 6A. Uh, Angel Sanchez was first in 4A. So that was a predictor of future success. 2022 meet, Flyerman won. They ended up winning the state championship, and Carol was second in 6A, and they, they were second. <coughs> so it is a a really important meet for teams that are there. Now, we didn't have the particulars at this meet. Deer mm -hmm. Creek on the boys' side is from Oklahoma, and then Canyon was a 4A returning champion who went Deer Creek Canyon. What are your thoughts on Deer Creek? Let, let me just ask you there. What are your thoughts on Deer Creek? I'm excited for Deer Creek. I feel like this is kind of, I don't want to say a sneaky team, but they have the history behind them that they yeah. can be, they can race with some of the top teams in the nation. And especially just kind of look, when they come down to Texas, they really elevate mm -hmm. that meet even more. So I'm excited to see what Deer Creek does. I am too. I, they probably were hoping for some of the bigger Texas teams to be there, but yeah. they ended up running a 1535 average uh, which is very, very good. Right now, that's two in the country as far as average is concerned. Even looking to last year's top averages, that would have been 24 to end the season. So mm -hmm. Deer Creek, the performance they had, I think would stand up. I think if they continue that success on, they might stand up at higher and higher levels. Um, I don't know where they stand at, in the South Regional when it comes to um, potentially you know qualifying for nationals down the road, but they, they definitely made a huge huge statement here and then on on the second point there to canyon 4a returning champions um as i said it was justin el paso doing a story on santa lazario and i know those boys out there are are hoping to make a run in 4a um but that team out of san antonio is really really good right now their average is 1551 for a, a smaller ish school um San Lazario is going to have to run their best race uh, all the way throughout the season and get better because Canyon is kind of one of those. It's like the ultimate story. It's like, you know, the top team, a little bit of the underdog, yeah. like what happens as they make their way up. Mm -hmm. um, that's something we definitely will be watching out for in, in 2023 here. Mm -hmm. Super excited. Let's move to the top individual performances of the weekend. And you know, explaining a little bit on why. Uh, let's go to yours. Yes, I kind of picked some athletes that we might not have talked about in the past. And I feel like they're starting to shake some waves on the cross country course. So I'm gonna throw it to the girls side first. From Kansas, we have Selena Central's junior, who is Caitlin Roop, and she won her season opener this weekend at the Great Bend Invitational. She was the only girl to go under 18 minutes for 5K, clocked a 17.41, and that was good to earn a 146 speed rating for her efforts. And she's the defending Kansas State champion. And you know, this and last year was her first year running cross country, just based off her mile split uh, yeah. profile. So I'm excited to see the growth that she's had over this last year. Looking forward to seeing what she does there. 
Yes. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. No. Okay. All right. I felt like I felt like Corey was like, oh, wait, hang on. Okay. And yeah. then from Nebraska, I have Juan Gonzalez from Fremont High School. He's an, another defending state champion from his respected state, 1510 for 5K at the Augustana Twilight Cross Country Meet in South Dakota, earned a 185 speed rating. So I know we throw speed ratings out there, but I think it's a great indication of just like, where these athletes are when they run on this course, just depending on the difficulty level, the higher that number is, the better the performance. So the fact that we're talking over 180 and the fact that we're talking over 140s for these these ladies, it really just shows how strong they are and it's only the beginning of the season. So it yeah, yeah. just goes up from there. For sure. So I have two here, both guys. Mm -hmm. uh, Nathan Neal out of Bozeman came a little bit as a surprise, I think, to end last year. Um, him and Weston Brown really made a huge mark for Bozeman down the stretch in 2022. Both of them made NXN. Uh, Nathan was the third fin junior finisher at NXN last year, and he he was more of a middle distance guy previous to that. Um, played soccer, didn't really put too much focus on cross country. Mm -hmm. He has put the focus on running ever since the last outdoor season. Wow. He hasn't ever broken 15. He starts at 14. 50 at the Flathead Invitational this weekend, which is a new PR. This guy's really, really dangerous because I, I could very easily see him making his way into that sort of top 10 rank if he keeps putting on these types of, of moments. I think last year we saw it with Landon Haymeyer from Rocky Mountain. Nathan Neal kind of is a little reminiscent of that, I think. Nathan Neal's going to have a, a good year. We'll just keep an eye on that. And then the, the next guy is Ethan Edgeworth of Cold Springs, Alabama. He ran 14.45 at the Scottsboro Invitational this weekend. Also an interesting story to ke keep an eye on. Didn't break 15 last year. Uh, he ran 15.14 on the same course. Um, is a small school runner. He won the 1A 2A championship in Alabama. Normally you don't necessarily put too much stock into that. But he was 22nd at running lane. Um, this time is pretty eye-opening, I would say, mm -hmm. to start the year. And um, we'll just see if he can hang on and if, if he can offer something more down the stretch. But Ethan Edgeworth, Nathan Neal are my two guys mm -hmm. here so far. Let's get to another one. Um, and I feel, feel like we'll be talking about her a lot this yes. year. <laughs> Elizabeth Leachman um, of Bernie Champion. What is she doing well right now? Uh, what she do this weekend? And why do her performances matter in, in a larger context? Okay. I'm going to answer all your questions in one big statement here. Okay. Just a sophomore, mm -hmm. and I think Ashley and I talked about her last week. This woman is incredible. Mm -hmm. Absolutely fantastic. Two weekends ago, I was like, okay, I got to see what this girl does. She ran a 1634 at the Westlake Chaparro Invitational, earned a 156, 156 speed rating, meaning like she just completely did her thing. Now... I, at that point, I was like, okay, she put something together, right? Mm -hmm. But what can she do as the season unfolds? Well, she definitely had back-to-back -back performances where she's like, nope, that was not a fluke. This is serious. And so this weekend, she just put together another big performance. She ran at the Patriots Cross Country Invitational in a three-mile race where she won the title in a 15.54 and earned a 159 speed rating and nearly won that title by 90 seconds. And so, you know, we're releasing the mile split 50 rankings, and right now the preseason has her at 22, but, you know, my brain is thinking, like, wow. Like, mm -hmm. we're already seeing some big performances from Elizabeth. Like, her stock is definitely going to go up as the season unfolds a little bit more. And so she's just taking leaps and bounds compared to where she was last year like the fact that like she ran her season opener with an 18 16 for 5k and now we're talking 16 minutes like 
last last year last, this year. You know, yeah. last year this year, yeah. that's a huge leap. And so I feel like she is setting the tone. And I feel like since she delivered these back-to-back performances, I feel like the rest of the competition needs to respond to this because yeah. Elizabeth is like really out there just putting these big marks and really showcasing mm-hmm. her talent right now. Yeah, and I, I saw some of the comments uh, on uh, Instagram posts of Texas Smiles, but they, they, the course was, I think, roughly about 3.04 Okay, so um, this... for, for GPS. So it's definitely three miles. It was yeah, supposed yeah. to be 5K. It was supposed to be 5K, But uh, yeah. a little short there. But, I mean... 1554 though right, let's just say right, like right. three miles right you know like low 16s low for 16s sure. yeah um i'm trying to think of like a comp for her because her season last year she really i mean she was she was good uh she was top 20 at states but she really wasn't the runner that she is now yeah um and that focus and that drive sort of put put her you know in the top echelon of texas over the outdoor season right she won state championships there she really ran extremely well that that's kind of where her moment came her breakthrough and now now it's kind of moving over to cross country the comp for me if i'm look, trying to figure out like who does she compare to isabel Conde de frankenberg mm, last year yeah um kind of ran similarly she was you know a little it was low 16s at this meet last year uh, she ended up going to the state championships last year and finishing i think she won the state title last year um and she's she's a senior this year, so I think Leachman has the same kind of characteristics. Um, runs really well in big meets, uh, has fast times already. Um, I don't really know where this goes. I hope it goes. I, I I hope she just keeps like running running out of her mind here. But she's gonna have a lot of competition because uh, Kinda Frankenberg is yep. a senior this year. Kaylee Littlefield, Sarah Moorefield, Allie Love, all those girls were at the state meet and beat her last year. But Elizabeth is a different runner this year. Right, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see just sort of where this goes. Right. I'm excited. Yeah, she's one of the, the, the big runners to watch. But now we're going to move on to Stock Up, Stock Down. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Yeah, new little segment here. We're going to go into some subjects, and we're just going to talk about whether we think their stock up or their stock is down. All right. Uh, first question here. Are we worried about American Fork here um, losing to Harriman? this week i am not worried (laughs) it's just the beginning i'm saying stock up okay i feel like it's such the beginning it's we're still fairly new to the cross-country season right now and so if they put out big performances i'm like yes this is solid we're gonna see what the rest of the season looks like and the fact that they it was you know based off a tie you know what i mean so pretty much they're there they just got to sharpen some things up so i'm not worried about american fork yeah uh, so stock up for me. Stock up for me as well. Uh, you made the analogy of a football game earlier, and I and I'll continue that. If Alabama <laughs> loses to Ohio State or during college football season on a blocked field goal, ended up going into the into the end zone, nobody's going to be like, "Oh, Alabama's gone. They're done for the season." Um, if anything, that was a closely uh, monitored game that went one way, could have went the other way the next time. So. Stock still up on American Fork, especially when you consider just how good they get late in the season. So, mm-hmm. stock up there. Are the Deer Creek Boys a program that is to be feared in the South region? Absolutely. Yes. Stock up. <laughs> and the reason why I say this is because, like I said earlier in the show, like this is a team that has proven that they can really toe the line with some of the best teams, especially in the Southern States area. And I feel like they're just part of the mix. So... Deer Creek boys, yes, stock up. I'm also going stock up Deer Creek. I think 1535 is 
is pr surprising to me, really, from an Oklahoma team this early on. I don't think many people were considering it, and the fact that they put that down, I think, stock up heavily for Deer Creek. I want to see what they do in the future. Are the J. Sarah Catholic girls the best team in California this year? Okay, this is a mixed question for me. For right now, right now, I say stock up. Okay. My reason being, they competed this weekend, and I feel like they made a statement by winning the team title at the ASICS Cool Breeze. 43 points, finished with a 53-second split, 17-53 average, and they were led by a sophomore, uh, Summer Wilson, um, and they had all of their seven finishers in the top 20. That shows me that they're they're learning to work together as a team. That's a big average to you know chase after, and the fact that that split was so condensed is huge. However, I'm also taking into consideration that Buchanan hasn't opened up yet. I feel like Ventura girls are going to be strong this season as well. So for right now, stock up. But ask me this question later. Okay. We have more performances on the board. Yeah. I don't know if my answer will change or not, but right uh, now, stock up. Jay Sarah, don't hate me. Stock down oh, for Jay Corey's Sarah. Oh, going to be that guy today. <laughs> Being the, <laughs> the best California team this year. Um, great win, but as you said, Buchanan. I actually also think Oaks Christian, which is in the same division yes, as yeah. uh, Jay Sarah, is going to be pretty good this year. They were competitive last year with them. I think they're going to be better. All that being said, Jay Sarah is a annual powerhouse. They they won their state title last year. They got to NXN last year. You know, they got to nationals. Um, and really, that should be the goal this year as well for them. But to do that, they have to kind of get past uh, some of these other teams in the, in their divisions and then in the merge, ultimately. I'm, right now, I'm stocked down, too. All right. Uh, Sam Scott won St. Olaf by 16 seconds this weekend. Are we fully on board with the Scott train to state? Stock up for Liv. You're not going to have any stock downs. I can already read that. Ah, I have one. <laughs> one or two. But yeah, like I can't. Sam Scott's performance this past weekend was just incredible. And like we like we talked about, like we're trying to find that next standout performer in the state of Minnesota. And I feel like Sam Scott just had his name's written all over it yeah. for right now. So. Yeah. Stock up for me. Yeah, I'm liking that. Sam Scott's a cool name, too. Stock up for me as well. To the moon. Uh, I think he's going to have a great season. All right. Last year, 110 boys broke 15 minutes for 5K. Stock up or stock down on that number going up in 2023? All right. It's a stock down for me on this one. I'm just trying to figure out, like, which boys are going to be able to, you know, hit that mark there this season. You're going to go through 100 boys to see if they can hit it or not? That's yes. a lot. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. So, the fact to break 15, that that's that's a high that's a high mark to hit. So, I'm saying stock down. It was going the, into 2000. It was the most sub 15s we've had in any cross country season ever. Yeah. Um so that's a lot. And think, it, of the, think of the talent that no, was a part of that too last year. It's a tricky question because yeah cross country is getting standardized uh, across the U.S. with coaching, um, courses, shoes, technology, all that stuff. So you would think it's only going to get better. Um, I'm also saying stock down because that is a high number, but I could also see it flip. So if anything, maybe I'm like on the even, even <laughs> Uh Last year, 26 girls broke 17 minutes for 5K nationally. Stock up or down that that number goes up in 2023? Stock up. Okay. I'm excited. I think the girls' side just 
the fact that I'm like so in tuned with how these girls are performing this year, I feel like we're gonna have a handful of girls that are gonna break 17 minutes. Without, I have like no hesitations with this one. Stock okay. up. Yeah, same. 26. I'm gonna see maybe 30, maybe 35 here. Yeah, see, I was thinking 35. Okay. I'm very optimistic. I was thinking almost 40, but 35 right there. Well, I think I think it actually, you know, if it doesn't rain in Huntsville <laughs> this yep. year, maybe maybe we get a You'd few there favorite at, spot. at the Garmin Running League Championships. Yep. All right. Um, lastly, we are going to get into the National Meet of the Week. That is the Liberty Bell Invitational in Colorado. Over 3,000 athletes are already registered to compete on one of Colorado's top courses on September 9th. Olivia, why is this an important juncture in the Colorado, Colorado season? I feel like each state has their very own meet where everyone goes to, to see great competition, see where they are at this point in the season. We're putting, you know, everything in the bag for this race. And I feel like that is the Liberty Bell Invitational, especially in the state of Colorado. And, you know, I'm just thinking about the big performances we saw last year. We saw elite matchups that really brought out the best of the athletes. Like think of Emma Stutzman was in that race, Ella Hagen, Addison Price, Brooke Wilson. They all went head to head on the girls' side. And then uh, Christian Groydyke on the boys' side even made a statement in his post-race interview that like there were some you know, some things he wanted to take off the list early in the season that he wanted to accomplish to help him dial into a race strategy going into later in the season. So I feel like this is the absolute perfect race for everything. Great matchups, get some good times in, you know, work on the little things that you've been working on at practice and really yeah. showcase your talent here. Yeah, and Grindelike actually ended up going on and he won the state title last year after opening up there. He, yeah, he was 5A champion in Colorado last year. So really good indicator there i mean i think if you just consider like overall liberty bell champs over the last several years cole sprout 1438 meet record from 2019 parker wolf uh hunter strand total of eight boys have broken 15 minutes on this course all time and it's one of those courses uh has all kinds of terrain yeah uh sand gravel uh asphalt to end end the stretch it's uphill too so it's it's kind of a weird but fast course um, in a lot of ways, kind of like Boston Marathon. It's hard, but also it's fast in some ways. Um, on the girls, hard to wrap your head around. On the it's hard but fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just the way it is. Yeah. On the girls' side, uh, seven girls have broken 17 on this course all time. The top being Sydney Thorvalson, who ran 16:40 in 2019. Um, Stutzman, as you said, Bree Oakley in 2016 in a, in a legendary year. Lauren Gregory, the same way. They battled it out in 2016. Brooke Wilson, as you said last year. Some really, really all-timers have been in this race over the last, what, I think seven years now. Um, so it's become one of those meets where if you do well, you ascend and you and you move yourself up the pecking order uh, in your state. So really, really important meet in Colorado. Now, while the performance will give us the per while the performances will give us answers, um, what can we expect as to how that means something on the national level? Yeah, I love that question because I feel like Colorado is the home to many individuals and teams that we have ranked on our mile split 50 preseason rankings, which are coming out right now. And it also has a lot of homes to people that I personally feel like could be national contenders um, later down in December. So I feel like it's going to give us a kind of a glimpse of where these Colorado athletes are, like I mentioned before, and just kind of where they are in this point in the season. We're going to see lots of great competition, which we're about to dive into in a little bit. But I feel like it kind of gives us a small microscope 
area of like, okay, this is where these Colorado teams are. They're going to set that bar pretty darn yeah. high, yeah. you know, and I feel like it's going to definitely allude to what we can potentially see at nationals. In the last seven years, we've had three national champions who have been at this race. Mm. Bray Oakley in 2016 ended up winning NXN that year. Parker Wolf was second in 2019 to Sprout. He ended up winning running lane in 2020. And then Sydney Thorvalson, when she ran 1640 in 2019, a year later, she would win basically the COVID national seasons. There were a couple national meets there, but she was far and away the best cross-country runner that year. Uh, Cole Sprout, as I said, um, third in Annex San in 2018, seventh in 2019. So if you perform here, there is some very recent history that says you will have an opportunity on the national stage to do something really, really big. So. I mean, I don't. Looking at at the names, no one really like jumps out at you. I think on on its face, on its face. Mm-hmm. But I do think we don't. We haven't seen enough of, of these athletes yet to really determine it. So mm-hmm. let's go through through the marks here. What what teams? are set to break out here. What athletes do we really want to watch? Yes, especially on the girls' side, I'm really going to be focusing on Summit High School. And I'm looking forward to seeing what this squad does because they're going to be facing Air Academy, which is the team I feel like could contest for a national title this year. And I want to see how Summit kind of responds to Air Academy's talent. The Air Academy has Tessa Walter. There's also Bethany Mahalik as well. So they're coming in with a lot of individuals that can really – elevate uh, where we are in the season right now. Tessa Walter is an individual that I'm looking forward to on the girls' side. The last time she ran at the Liberty Bell Invitational was back in 2021 when she finished 17th overall and clocked to 1747. So I'm curious to see where she is. And, you know, last year she finished 39th at NXM, which is huge. So I feel like Tessa Walter is going to be a leader for Air Academy as well as Bethany Mahalik. And, of course, this year we're going to see a big matchup as well. I keep talking about matchups because this is the meet to go to. You're going to have Bethany Mahalik in the mix, as well as Tessa Walter, Isabella Lori, and Ella Hagen. There's, these three girls have gone sub-17 minutes for 5K last year, and I feel like could really push each other. We're going to see some great racing. So who do you have for the girls' side that I, you're looking for? I just think to? one team on the girls' side that might be able to steal this or win it is Fossil Ridge. They mm-hmm. have uh, five girls ranked inside the top 25 seeds entering this race. I think the depth is there for them to score uh, the level of which that could win win the race there. So I'm looking at Fossil Ridge potentially to steal it here um, in the girls' race. What about the what about the guys' race? The guys' race. I'm excited about this matchup between Matthew Edwards and Dan Ike. And Dan is the top returner. He finished third at this race last year, clocked a 14:54, set a new personal best, um, and then later on finished fourth at the Colorado 5A State Championships. And you know, Math is about to debut his. He debuted his season with a 15:27 from the Cheyenne Mountain Stampede, which is their preseason race. And this is a guy that finished third last year at the Colorado State Championships for the 3A race. So we're gonna see some of these, you know, mixed classifications really battle it out, but also put out some really great times. Yeah, I think Dane is a character that I think, depending on how he does, really moves up. Yeah. Um, because he's a very, very good runner for, for Valor Christian. Um, he was an All-American at running lane last year, but he really, I think, exploded uh, over the outdoor season when he ran 4.06 for 1,600 meters, and he ran 8.52 for 3,200 meters. Those are times which... You know, if that training um, is consistent over the offseason, that will get you to levels that will allow you to compete at the national on the national stage. Now, is he a national champion? I don't know that, but he comes from an area 
where they're training in elevation. Um, Valor Christian has a very um, um, well-known program that has got guys come through and really perform at high levels like Cole Sprout. So I think Dane could move up um, with a really good performance here, and I think he could become a name that we, we started to talk about. So I really do like Dane there. Mm-hmm. Um, Valor Christian, you know, I was looking at the boys race. Do you, do you think any, any team kind of stands out as far as, like, winners here, or are you like a Valor Christian? I'm a Valor Christian. Stan at this Stan, point. Stan, yes. Okay, yeah. I How agree. about you? I agree. I think I think Valor Christian, four guys ranked in the top thirty here entering the race. So I, I would have to think maybe they're the favorites in this race. Um, as we've said, uh, very hard course. Eight boys under fifteen all the time. We have three guys who enter with times uh, historically under fifteen. Matthew Edwards, Ike, and Tanner Brown. We'll see if all three of those guys can get under that mark and kind of. You know, race that level uh, all time on that on that course, but uh, it's going to be fun. We're looking forward to the Libertyville Invitational. Yes, along with several other meets across the country mm-hmm. uh, in the, in the U.S. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be a great weekend. Yeah, uh, stay tuned for more coverage on milesplit.com. We'll have it all through the week and into the weekend. Uh, that's it for us here with on the line. We will be back next Tuesday to talk about everything cross country and more. Maybe more stock up, stock down. Ooh, I like that. Yes. <laughs>